Hello, my children. Uh, one of the questions I get asked surprisingly often is that sometimes people come up to me and they'll say, uh, hey, in the top 11 hottest anime women, you know, really? Linka is up there? That's one of your favorites and blah, blah, blah. What people have to understand when I do the Nostalgia Critic, especially now that I'm coming back, is that Nostalgia Critic, yeah, he's a character, and yeah, there's a lot of my opinion in there, but a lot of the times, especially for the top 11 list, uh, I try to get sort of the mass opinion for the most part, which I'm not always good at. You know, it's sort of a mix of mass opinion and my opinion, essentially. Uh, but with that said, a lot of people keep coming up to me, and they keep talking about the top 11, like, hottest anime women and stuff, and they're just like, oh, that's mine too, it's mine too, and the truth is, a lot of those aren't mine. Uh, I was sort of going for, you know, like, the mass opinion there. Uh, like, I wouldn't even put Jessica Rabbit up there, honestly. I, she can't exist. <laughs> I don't know, she looks a little too weird to me. Um, so... I thought maybe it'd be kind of cool, if anything, just to show the difference between uh, Nostalgia Critic and myself, uh, what my favorite top 11 hottest animated women are. And at first I was sort of like, even when I started the list, I was saying, yeah, this is a little odd, um, because these women are not real and they don't exist. But at the same time, I think there's something to be said about fiction and what we uh, value as beauty and what we want to see created and representing beauty, uh, whether it be the visual or the spiritual, the emotional, all that stuff. Uh, so I thought it'd just be fun to talk about. Um, so that's pretty much what this list is. Uh, right now I'm gonna tell you Doug's top 10 hottest anime women, in my opinion. Number 10. Jamika from Bebe's Kids. Now I know it's hard to say anything that good came out of this movie, and to be fair, she's not like a very complex character, she's just sort of generally nice and has a nice design, but uh, with that said, she's generally nice and has a nice design. <laughs> I don't know what it is, there's just something about the way this character looks and the way she's drawn, and there's just sort of this kindness to her in this very angry, rebellious world that they created in this movie. But at the same time, I think they sort of made it that she isn't just... I mean, she isn't totally bland. I mean, she does, you know, have her limits and she will get angry. So it's not like she's just the big cutie-eyed nothing up here. I thought she was pretty likable, but I will say, again, it's mostly the design. <laughs> I think they just designed this woman to make her so pretty. I think she's such a, a, a very nice looking design. And I wish I could say more about her, but this, this is sort of one of the more selfish ones where it just sort of comes down to the design and that she's generally just sort of likable. Um, so not one of my more complex ones, but she's up there. Number nine. Annie Hughes from The Iron Giant. This was the mother in the Iron Giant, and Brad Bird just designs these great-looking women. I'll tell you what I mean by that. It's that they're not like traditional knockouts. They're not like women you'd see like, you know, oh yeah, I want that. They're just very traditional, nice, pretty women, and they just look so... They have very kind faces and very expressive eyes, 
but he still gives them character too, and that's very much what I saw with this character, is that she was very much, she's this working mother and she gets exhausted, she gets tired, but she's still trying her best to be a mother, and, and you know, she can't do her best, but, you know, and she can't even be home a lot of times with the kid, and that, that's really tough a lot of times to be like, ah! But, something about the way they made her character, you see that she's really putting the effort in, and that her and the son do have this, do have this very strong connection. I think actually he probably is at that age where he can, you know, he can be home alone, you know, fine. Another big part of that, honestly, is Jennifer Aniston's voice. And Jennifer Aniston is one of those actresses, I think it's kind of like Anne Hathaway, where a lot of people sort of put their nose up at her and they say, oh, well, she's in shit, so, you know, she can't be good. I think she's very good. I agree she's in shit. <laughs> Lots of shit. But anytime she's in it, she's always good. And I didn't grow up with friends. Every time I saw the show, I thought it was terrible. Uh, but maybe she was good in it. I don't know. I'm only going on her as an actress. And every time I've seen her as an actress, I've always been impressed with what she's done. I think she has the talent of taking parts that could very easily just sort of be token nice woman part, you know, and, and nothing much else. And she brings something to it. And I think, again, this is a perfect example of that. I think she's very likable. Uh, she has some, she has some funny moments without them being forced. I really don't like those scenes in family movies or romantic films or whatever where it's like they're with the kid but they're really forced. Like, oh yeah, we're on the same level, you and me. It's like, no, it's parent and kid. Uh, and they establish that and they establish that, you know, even though she can't always be there, when she is there, she's very good at what she does. Um, so, I, I like that character a lot. I think it's a really great design. I think it's a very kind character. It's a very smart character. So that's number nine. Number eight. April O'Neil. I am so sorry. I, I'm, I'm so sorry to have this choice on there because, I mean, I especially, I'm so anti, you know, sort of damsel in distress stuff because that's so much of what she was. The Turtles always had to go save her. Every other episode they had to save April and she kept getting into trouble and, I don't know, to me, this was the person you wanted to save. You know, she was very, she was very energized, she was very passionate, she was very funny. Uh, it was a very different kind of design. I'm still not sure how that hairstyle works, or if anyone can really duplicate it. It's very, it's kind of very messy, but still has like this nice shape, but it's hard to define the shape. I don't know, I, I can draw, so I, I obsess over designs. Um, the jumpsuit makes no sense, <laughs> as I've talked about before, but she does look good in it. Even though she does constantly get into trouble, it's kind of justified in a sense. In the way that Lois Lane is not, they're both reporters, but something about April seems almost enjoyably psychotic. Like, she adores her job. She's essentially a workaholic. James Rolfe put it best, he said she just loves her job and there's such appreciation for how much she loves her job. I don't know, I think there's just something really cool about that. And I think she is just so upbeat that even when she's in trouble, she's still sort of cracking jokes, but not in a way that's like, yeah, yeah, come on, save me, we've done this like a million times. Like, she's still thankful, she's still grateful. And I don't know what it is about her. There's just something surprisingly likable about this character that I really should hate. But I I don't know what it is. It is from the NC uh, uh, Top 11 list. Uh, that's one I still stand by. It, it's sort of hard to explain why, but... I don't know. I, I think she's fun. Number seven.
Harley Quinn. This is another one from the top 11 list, and god, do I even have to go into great detail? I guess it's a little bizarre when you take into account that you can't see a lot of her. I mean, you, you got the skin-tight body outfit, obviously, but with the face, you know, a lot of it's in makeup, you can't really see the hair. But I think a lot of it does come from the fact that she does have this incredibly fun slash tragic personality to her, and I think it's such a cool idea to give the Joker a sidekick and that they actually pulled it off because actually that sort of sounds insane that the Joker's one of the greatest villains of all time it's sort of like giving Darth Vader a sidekick or something it's like no it's, it's Darth Vader he doesn't need a sidekick but Harley was great Harley you had so much energy and again there's just this love for what she does and she's crazy and she's funny and she's energized and every second she's on screen even when the Joker's on screen you're looking at her and you like how much she's constantly going along with the joke and how much, for the most part, she's on the same level as the Joker, with the exception of the fact that he is obviously taking advantage of her. He is just using her as a means to an end. Um, and people have, you know, read so much into that relationship about whether or not they've done it or have they not done it. They probably have. Um, there are several times where they indicate they have, but who knows? I, I wasn't there. And I'm so glad that character took off so far from what was essentially a kid's show. You know, kid's show of Batman and how that show has just defined so much and it's changed so much with Batman in general and the Batman lore and all this, all these great things. I'm just always blown away by how, just one impact that show had. Um, you know, something that was apparently for kids. So, uh, I love that. I love it when people can take something so seriously and get it done right even with their side characters that was just supposed to be a side character and turn into just a really great, wonderful character. So, props. Number six. Demona from Gargoyles. I don't know if I'm saying her name right. Marina Sirtis, I think? Uh, she does the voice for this character. She was from Star Trek Next Generation. She was uh, uh, Troy. And uh, I will say, a lot of it does come from that voice. That has a very distinct, strong voice. Uh, but at the same time, this is a very well put together character who, again, has this great strength, but also this great tragedy. Has this unbelievable backstory. I think they had to take, like, something like eight episodes to explain her backstory because it just spread out over years. Um, and a lot of you might be thinking, oh, so you're into like, what, reptiles, gargoyles, whatever, and stuff like that. No, fuck that shit. That is just a pretty woman with pointy ears. It's a Vulcan, essentially. And they just painted her blue, that's it. I don't know if she's supposed to be scaly or whatever, but they don't animate her that way, so it's it's fine. And you know what, she turns human! I remember, in the show, there's actually something happens where she can actually turn human half the time, so I'm just like, no, okay, that, that sold me. Um, but it's just a great... I just remember being so fascinated by that character, and it was a great turmoil going back and forth between who she was fighting for, was she fighting for herself, was she fighting for her love, was she fighting for a cause, and, and what was her, even her focus anymore, even her focus of revenge served God muddled and stuff, it's just very complex, and I mean, very much a Shakespearean character in my opinion, it's like a Shakespearean villain. And Gargoyles a lot of the time I forget to include on stuff, and I don't know why, because it had a lot of elements that were really strong, and that was a very, very strong character. It's a great design. A lot of people are probably wondering why I didn't put 
what the cop, Elisa, uh, I think on there. Like, she's a good character and everything, but she's a little, a little too safe, a little too... I don't want to say bland, but it's sort of like, you know she's always going to do the right thing. Uh, and that can get boring. Um, so, Domona was the one that I always thought was just really great to look at and really great to listen to. Like I said, that voice is unbelievable. Just a great, strong character and uh, uh, really enjoy her. So, um, yeah, not into gargoyles yet, but may maybe she'll be the gateway. Number five. Alice Tompkins. Kind of figures I'd have a character from a show called The Critic. When The Critic went off the air and came back for its second run on a different channel, uh, they changed it up a bit, they redesigned things a little bit, and one of the things they did was that they gave Jay essentially a girlfriend. She looks like a person, she wasn't funny necessarily like the other characters, she was sort of the moral support, which again I usually find boring, but maybe it could just be the southern accent, I don't know. Uh, the southern accent seems to really add a lot, that she's a little bit more knowledgeable or that she doesn't take crap or whatever, but outside of that, I think it's the fact that she did have a kid as well. Uh, she did work with Jay on a lot of things, uh, Jay Sherman, the, the main character. Um, and again, it's just this wonderful, great design. I've actually taken a lot of the designs uh, from the critic and worked into my own work uh, in terms of drawings. It was a very kind design. I would just look at this woman and you would just say, that that's a kind woman. And she was, and she could definitely get some funny lines in there. In the review must go on, I, I stole this delivery from her. There's a scene where I think Jay, his stomach would talk sometimes. It sounds really odd, but he swears his stomach would talk. At one point, like the stomach says, feed me or something. He's like, patience, my pet. And she just goes, Jay? Honey, who are you talking to? Like, she says it like she's really concerned, and I totally stole that for when I'm talking to Lewis, and he apparently hears his, uh, uh, his characters talking. So, uh, yeah, it's a character so good I have to steal from her. Uh, I don't even know what else to say. There's just a really nice sort of southern comfort to her. So, um, I definitely enjoy her a lot. Number four. Tiana from The Princess and the Frog. And yeah, I know that's kind of odd because that's more of a recent movie and it's kind of like, well, you're still looking at cartoon characters. I'm sorry, it's a really pretty design. It's a really nice character. There's just something about the way they design her. Again, another workaholic. I don't know what it is. I think workaholics are sexy. It's really odd. Um, I just, it's like, they go do shit. I just like women who do shit. And... She was just someone like she worked like three or four jobs and then she was working towards her goal. Even when she's a frog, she's like, fuck that shit, I'm gonna keep going, I don't care if I'm a frog. Again, just coming back to the design, I, I really like, again, the very big expressive Disney eyes and, uh, you know, uh, there was at one point they tried to, you can probably see this where they're trying to say, oh, they're trying to whiten up the black person, you know, with Tiana. Take a look, we're gonna turn her skin white and you're gonna see she looks just like any other white Disney princess. Bullshit. When you do that, that does not look like a Caucasian person, okay? That looks like, at the very 
least it looks like a mix. They're just drawn too well. You know, you just look at that face and you say, oh, if you had to guess, and you're taking out the skin color, you say, oh, that's probably African-American. And it is, and it's beautiful. The way they design her just looks unbelievable. And I was kind of pissed off that through most of the movie I had to see her as a frog. I'm like, no! <laughs> that was a great design. But it has her flaws too. You know, I, I like the fact that the workaholic aspect was actually a flaw. Uh, like, it was something good, but it was also a flaw uh, that, you know, she wouldn't give herself a break. And I, it, I think that's pretty cool. I think that's actually, that's something you don't usually see in a kid's film, you know, because there aren't too many kids that are workaholics. But, uh, there are other lessons in there too, anyway. So, uh, Tiana, I, I think she's great. Number three. Mrs. Parr from The Incredibles. Again, this is another Brad Bird design. I'm actually sort of shocked I don't have more 3D women on this list. Maybe I haven't seen enough, I don't know. But just another really nice design, something you could tell was drawn first and then turned into uh, a 3D model, which I, I think is great. I think it's a lot more expression uh, in something you draw, which is then made 3D. Um, and... You see her in, in two great outfits, really. You see her as the uh, the housewife, you know, it's just the everyday shirt, you know, everyday outfit, you know, still looks great. And you see her as the superhero, and again, she looks great. Ability to stretch, I think, is very clever. I think her personality is a lot of fun. Um, and it's definitely a take, no nonsense. It's, you know, going out there. But she's very, she's very playful, too. I like, she'll definitely in the, the first bit before they get married, the way she sort of plays with Mr. Incredible, and they go back and forth with, you know, sort of like gender roles and stuff like that. I'm not sure how I feel about the fact that they sort of made her totally okay that now she's a housewife, because on the one hand, I think that's really cool. I think that, you know, she sort of gave birth to these kids, and it's like, okay, she now has a new life, you know, dedicated to these kids, and Mr. Parr is the one that has his midlife crisis and everything, so on the one hand, that's pretty cool. On the other hand, you know, she was a superhero, and you sort of think, well, wouldn't she kind of miss that too? Wouldn't that eventually sort of catch up with her? Because she seems to have, like, no problem with it at all. So I'm very... I'm very mixed on that, but I think I think I like it more because it shows that she is adaptable or flexible, as you like to say in the movie. There's something cool about the fact that she will just accept what's given to her, and, you know, she got three kids out of it. You know what? That's pretty cool. And that she can live, you know, a good life with that and be totally content. So that's, that's a cool character right there. Number two. Rogue from X-Men. Again with the Southerners. I I'm just realizing this as you are. <laughs> like, I put a lot of Southerners on there. It's some about the accent or the personality. I don't know. And it's... I can't believe I don't have any British people on here. Like, the, the British accent, I think, is like the most attractive accent. I have no British women. So, very odd. They're all Southerners. But again, I, I digress. Rogue, uh, she was also on the NC's Top 11 Hottest Women. I think I put her lower on the list. I mean, okay, yeah, the, the, the suit and everything looks good, but outside of that, it's just... I adore this character because all this shit happens to her. This is another character, just every fucking thing you can imagine just slams down on her, uh, both figuratively and literally, and... She just gets right back up and is smiling, it's pretty, she'll make a joke, she'll take a, whatever, a truck and throw it back in their face. Uh, she has this incredible backstory that's just so heartbreaking, and I think when you see someone come out of that and they're just so optimistic and they just want to keep going and they, they don't want to make it anyone else's problem, it's sort of their deal and they'll, you know, they'll live with it. 
I love how upbeat she is, and I love how enthusiastic she is. I love how strong she is, and she shows it off. You know, she's a bit of a show-off, too, and it's... When I think of Rogue being really great, like, they had her great in the comics, the cartoon I actually I would say that's the one I think of the most, maybe because they had the voice in there, too, and it's such a pitch-perfect voice. And I think that really does add a lot, because you can... You can read the comics, and the comics, you know, do it great. I mean, they have all the turmoil, they have all our optimism, too. But there is something about hearing that voice and the inflections that this voice has. And it's a very well-chosen voice, and whoever does it, just great actress. It's just a really good, strong, beautiful character. You know, I don't know why she would wear an outfit like that, but at the same time, all of them wear ridiculous outfits. That, that's one of the few comics where I'm just like, you can't really shout sexism at this or anything because every person in the X-Men wears skin-tight ridiculousness. Uh, and you can't get past it. I mean, they're all, none of them should be able to move. They should be like, and that's it. Um, so, but regardless, uh, love Rogue. I, I think it's a great character, whatever her last name is. I don't know if they ever gave her a last name or something like that. I'm so behind, but uh, yeah, ro Rogue's great. And my number one hottest animated woman is... Belle. Now this is really ironic because in the Nostalgia Greg's Top 11, I said Belle didn't qualify because you had Ariel and Jasmine, they showed their belly buttons. Again, that's that's a Nostalgia Critic analysis. Me, I, I, I love Belle. I, I got that at Disney World from one of the uh, uh, Disney artists there. Uh, they, they were drawn in, I got a conversation with them, and, and he gave me that. Belle I always describe as like a female Jesus. <laughs> it's just everything that's perfect, everything that's kind, everything that's just... When you hear the word beautiful, I just think of that person. I think of the drawing of her. I think of the personality. I think of how collected she is. I think of how calm she is. I think of how she just does her own shit and doesn't care what anyone thinks, but she doesn't shove it in her face, she, anyone's face. She's not looking for attention. It's just, she's got that great voice. Beautiful speaking voice and that beautiful singing voice. And I guess people tell me like she was supposed to be a teenager and that bullshit. That's, she's drawn it sounds like an adult. I, I, I take it she's an adult. You know, they say, like, Sailor Moon is supposed to be 14 to you. Bullshit. Sailor Moon would not be anywhere on my list, by the way, in my real list. I can't stand her. Um, but, uh, yeah, and in comparison to, like, the other sort of Disney heroines that, that they have, you know, like Ariel and Jasmine and stuff like that, they all have sort of that Gen X quality that I just don't get that much into, where Belle seems very much like a timeless character. And a lot of the Disney characters, even the really well-developed ones, always seem like a product of their times, where Belle really seems timeless. It just seems like the best of humanity. It's not even like the best that women can offer, it's the best anyone can offer. Yeah, you could make the argument that maybe she's too perfect. I think I talked about that in Disney Sember. Um, and I can see that, I understand. She doesn't have that many flaws, but at the same time, you know, she has to look past, you know, the ugliness of the beast to see the real beauty in him, too. I mean, that's, that's a flaw. It's a human flaw. I don't know. And, and she's still, at the same time, she's not bland, either. She also has her limits. You know, Gaston will keep you know, trying to come on to her and stuff like that, and she'll constantly try to fight him off, but in a friendly way. <laughs> you know, I love that. All she does is just open the door. He's the one that falls out and into the mud and everything, and I... I think the other thing about her, too, is that I think at some point you always find somebody who 
looks like one of the Disney characters. Like, you know, they're all modeled after people. I did both Ariel and uh, Belle or Sherry Stoner. And, and Sherry Stoner really looks like Ariel. I, I haven't seen anyone that looks like Belle. Belle is just a unique design. Uh, and there can be people that look very similar to it, but I've never seen anyone that looks quite like how they designed her. I think they just got a perfect design. I don't know. I, when I think beauty, when I think beautiful, Belle, it even means beauty. Uh, I think of that character. I think it's just a really wonderful, great, strong, kind character. So, um, yeah, those are my top 10 uh, most attractive animated women. I hope all goes well, and I will see you guys next week with the first reinstallment of the NC. Take care.